0: Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Haley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, Gene Keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to TJH and welcome to our fourth episode in our self-love Series. We've had Megan, we've had Lizzie Dewey, we've had Lizzie Pickles, and now we are rounding out the month with the amazing Debbie Finkst. Oh, Debbie. I was just saying to Deb before, I was getting in the shower just before this podcast recording, and I was like, I get to talk to Debbie. I get to (laughs) talk to Debbie. (laughs) Debbie is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And I was trying to think in the shower, I was like, hmm, if Debbie was an animal, like what would that look like? And it instantly came to mind, Deb, you as a mother hen and I just wanted to be an egg that you were sitting on. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I was like, yeah, but if I'm an egg, I don't get to like live, but oh, I'll be warm underneath Debbie's butt.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Do you um, know what? my grandchildren and everyone call me Fluffy Duck?
0: Fluffy Duck. There you go.
1: I'm not a hen,
0: I'm a duck. (laughs) Okay, there we go, a duck, perfect. Because my core wound, the the vision key is the duck and so it's perfect. I'll be that little fluffy duck that just sort of, you know, just following along after Mama Deb. I
1: love that.
0: (laughs) So I'm very happy to have you here today, Debbie, and I just love any time that I get to chat to you we can't help ourselves. You're not in like a one-on-one container with me at the moment, but we can't help ourselves in Voxer like most <laughs> days. I'm like, hey Deb, how are you? And you're like, hey babe, I've got something to tell you. Um, I just love getting to share life with you and your family. You are family
1: that that's exactly what it feels like Hayley yeah. it feels like family it feels like every time i get to get, just jump on here with you that i get to be here with one of my kids and i get so
0: excited <laughs> and it's just the best and lately I've got to kindle a relationship with one of your kids <laughs> which has been so nice with your son I've been we've been chatting we've done some jinky stuff together now I'm doing some stuff um with the thing that he's teaching and it's just it's so fun like I literally have just come in and claimed myself as a member of your family Daryl you're my dad so I'm just looking forward <laughs> I, to get I into.
1: love that, like, I love that. Do you know, since since you have you and Daniel have connected, mm. we have so many more Haley conversations in our house. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, I just can't wait. I it's in it's in my goals for the year. I want to make it over to Queensland and and come stay with you guys for a little bit. Um, and if it's not this year, it's definitely going to be next year. And I just. Mm.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Honey, You I are always wait. welcome. We're we're actually really excited about that. Danielle and I are like oh, and Daryl goes Haley, Haley. I haven't. Well, I've sort of met Haley. i <laughs> will <You'll> love her. <laughs> <laughs> just another one of the girls. And just another
0: one. Just another yeah. one of my children I've collected along my life as the mother duck. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Well, Deb,
0: we're here today to have a beautiful conversation around self-love and I'm excited to see where this one goes because every conversation so far, they've had their, their common threads, but they've been such different flavors of love and I feel like each person holds their own flavor of love, holds their own essence yeah. of love. And so let's kick it off, Deb. I'd love to know, what does self-love mean to you?
1: Oh, my God. Self-love is everything. Mm. Self-love is absolutely, it's the essence of life. It's what it is. It's, it's something that I wished I had have been able to lean into when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I wished I could, could have understood how important self-love is and it's not just important to you it's it's important because of of you and knowing it and it reaching out far and wide Mm. it's just it's the most fulfilling thing it brings calm and peace to my life yeah and it just it like for me at the moment it just because I've done so much work around self-love um it's filtering out into my relationships Mm. It's it's filtering out into my life, mm. and, self-love ex- mm-hmm. and self love comes with self self acceptance and self self worthiness. Yeah. And for any younger person that we can touch and you know let them experience it, it's life changing. Like, can you just imagine how much that's going to change somebody's life at a young age? Mm like it does at an older age because I'm 55 going on 56 mm. and it's completely completely turned my world around it's just I know, it's everything Haley. it's just everything <laughs> yeah and it, it seeps
0: yeah. out into everything
1: it does there's no aspect in my life that that it doesn't touch mm. mm-hmm. absolutely nothing there that it doesn't touch now yeah and I think that when you are learning to love yourself it's such an internal thing that you go inward you know really deep inward and you can be called selfish for doing it Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: then all of a sudden it just it's like it just bursts out of you and it just starts blessing everyone around you and uh, you know they don't have to understand people don't have to understand that it just automatically happens and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, okay, I'm not going to react to that, you know, that particular situation because I know and understand myself more and I know and understand other people more and it all started with self-love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What starts off being a journey for you turns into one for everyone,
1: you know. It's mind-blowing. You just... Self love comes with a lot of self trust and a lot of trust in the universe. Yeah, it it comes with. I think you've said it somewhere along the line where you can't be, you know, ninety nine point nine percent committed. You have to be a hundred percent committed to be able to really get the results. And mm. you just you can't just dip your toe. Mm-hmm. You've got to jump all the way in. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to be so honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's. Oh. That's shit some days. <laughs> I know.
0: I, and that's what I often say. I oh. think one of the highest forms of self-love is self-honesty.
1: Yeah.
0: It really is. As long as our honesty is grounded in gentleness and patience instead of harsh honesty, mm. it um, it's the most loving thing we can do for ourselves is to be honest with ourselves mm. because it actually allows us to access our magic, which would otherwise lay dormant and we can live a life where we lie to ourselves. and. Even if we're not consciously noticing we're lying to ourselves, our heart knows, our yep. soul knows, and that massively caps our level of self-love, massively caps our level of self-trust. It massively caps, um, you know, the amount that we can release, anxiety, all of that sort of stuff. Like that honesty is everything. So you thank see. you. This, this the fourth The fourth answer to that question, completely different yet again. I love it. <laughs>
1: I know it, it, it's it's incredible how everybody moves through life differently, isn't it? Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things for me um, with self love is with that honesty comes the honesty of being able to look at the victimhood.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: That that that's a game changer.
0: Yeah, and be able to love yourself in yep. the victimhood. Yeah, the that's only way awesome. forward
1: absolutely a game changer yeah absolutely so it is it's just oh my god (laughs) what what a what a um a very simple question but a very open-ended question with lots of dynamics involved in it
0: yeah absolutely
1: it's just incredible isn't it (laughs)
0: um
1: so i've got a question Mm -hmm. (laughs) of course and it's like for me, I've been moving through a lot of relationship stuff as everybody, well, as you know, a yeah. lot of relationship stuff because when you really start digging deep into this, a lot of it just automatically turns back to the relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've had some really big hurts and really big wounds to try and overcome and I've used a lot of self-love to do that mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of just finding love amongst everything and i know you always say that where can you find love so Mm -hmm. um is there a time in your life where you have really faced something like some really really deep wounds and i don't mean as in chronic illness yeah i mean as in relationships Mm -hmm. where you've had to use that self-love to be able to move on in your life
0: Mm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> mm. Yes. I'm trying to pick which one I want to go with here. There's been <laughs> you know, so many.
1: There's always so many, isn't there?
0: I might have to just choose the one that came first.
1: Yep. And ahead.
0: I think I did talk about this on like the second episode of the podcast, the episode where I talked about my dad passing away. But one of the biggest cuts that I've experienced to that worthiness and where I really needed to ground into self-love to move through was how when my dad passed away um, that he left nothing to us when he died and that was one of the most hurtful things that's ever happened to me. Um, On that level of like heart hurt, obviously him dying (laughs) was much more like painful, but on like a heart self-worth level, like dad passing away didn't make me feel less worthy, right? It just made me absolutely devastated and lost and in so much pain. But him seeing that will come out on the table and it just said not a word about his children who I thought were so important to him was like a knife to the heart and a knife to the back. And that for very, very, very many years made me feel like I wasn't worthy of love Mm -hmm. and that I wasn't worthy of, um, I guess, support. Because one of the ways my dad would struggle to, like, dad wouldn't say I love you right? He wouldn't say it with his words um, because he was very guarded in that way. He would love us with money. He would love us with experiences. You know, he'd pull up in his truck and he'd have this big smile on his face and he'd be like, hi, sweetheart. And then he would grabbed this thing out of like, he would grab this bag out and be full of coins. He goes, here you go. I've got some of these. <laughs> or Like one day he showed up on the doorstep and I was going through a hard time and he just shoves this credit card in my face and was like take it use it whenever you bloody need it you know he goes you come to your dad if you need help like he was very like that was his way of saying I love you and I want to support you and so it always sort of came through that way so without knowing it very unconsciously for my whole sort of childhood teenage years that's how I was connecting my level of worthiness and I was connecting yeah, my worthiness of love to how he would support me in that way, which is why I think it was such a deep cut to my heart when it really came to it. And so that has required so much redefining of what it means to be worthy. So much I've had to, and where, what year are we, 2024? 13 years. It's been 13 years and I'm still disentangling myself from that experience. You know, I'm getting teary as I'm talking to you now because it still hurts.
1: Yeah, it watching. really
0: fucking hurts. Yeah. And I can make up so many stories in my mind based on that one experience that will tell me that I was never worth being loved. And, like, I always questioned, you know, I always questioned how much he loved me and I always just craved him to love me because he, even though he was there, he wasn't the most present of fathers. Um, And so, yeah, I could easily take that experience and construct a whole heap of stories around that. That would make me feel like shit, right? I could so easily use that as a reason as to why I'm not worthy. But I've re so I really had to fight for myself in that. So I didn't just become a victim of it and I didn't just allow it to be another reason, you know, and so I've, I've really had to disentangle over the years. And like, then that's led on to a lot of money wounds for me and I think like my dad was the central the central holder of the money wounds in the family and the failure wounds and all of that and so i've been deconstructing that and so instead of seeing that as a way that he didn't love me it's more it's more so been an initiation into me healing the ancestral wounds of him and his line and that's an honor to do and so yeah just really Having to dig so deep into self-love to remove my worth from money, support, and what that looks like, and to not let it take away from the beautiful loving experiences that I did have, you know, because that's what it tried to do to me. It tried to be like, well, every time that you thought that he loved you and supported you, that must have been a lie. And that's bullshit. You no, know, it tried to take all of those experiences from me and I've had to um self-love has allowed me to keep those. So that's been um yeah, that's probably been one of the biggest ones.
1: Hayley, thank you, honey, because um I the viewers won't be able to see how vulnerable you are being there. They might yeah. be able to hear a few tears, but um I was really hoping by that question that you would do that and you have done that because I know how much that will help somebody along the track um by by just sharing that and getting so vulnerable so you're very seen and very heard honey yeah
0: I I think that when it comes to our parents like it's the one place where you think that you're just guaranteed (laughs) that that love and that support and um for so many of us, we feel so let down
1: oh, yeah.
0: by the way our parents loved us. Yeah. Um, and that can be one of the biggest wounds of self-love mm-hmm. is because that was how we learned how to love ourselves was based on how they loved us. Yeah. And, you know, the way that we tried to get love from them that continues as a pattern into our adulthood if we never bring that um recognition to it and so you know I was always trying to make dad proud of me
1: yeah
0: you know because if I was if I could just be successful or if I was really good at something he would be so impressed and he would celebrate me um but if that wasn't happening, sometimes I could feel like I wasn't seen and then I can see how that has become a story of my life. And um, in the last four years, predominantly in the last like few years of working with the Gene Keys, I've really, really been able to oh, finally move some of this stuff, like actually move it and feel it burn off my DNA Um and working with my dad's gene key profile has been really helpful as well. Yes. Getting to see his wounding patterns and, um, yeah, his EQ is my evolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the way in which he was trying to navigate his emotions has become my core challenge in life. And, you know, so I'm like, ah, there you go, you know. So, yeah owning his love for me yep. and more importantly my love for me yes right yes I just need to blow my nose before I ask you your your next question I'm putting well, myself on mute <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that Haley. um what I want to say is something that I think I've always said and it's just it's just probably one of the biggest revelations I've ever had in my life is Fuck me these gene keys Haley. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the yeah. gift the gift that these gene keys give you gives you to be able to go that deep
0: yeah
1: um and know that you're safe to go that deep
0: yeah
1: you can't explain that to anybody they have to experience it because they just don't get it until totally. they experience it
0: totally yeah the entire experience with my dad has oh, taken me on a deep journey through Gene Key 32, which yep. isn't in my profile. And it's yep. not in my dad's called Gifts either. It's just when I think of my dad, I think of the shadow of failure, yep. both in what he's made me feel like and in the way that I think that he felt. Mm. And it's been this beautiful experience of um, transforming that into preservation, which is the gift, which is about what. From the past is worth bringing with me and so like it's the question of what from him is worth bringing with me yeah and there is stuff you know there were things about our relationship that is worth bringing with me and there's stuff that wasn't and it's okay yeah. and it doesn't mean that it was a failure nothing can be a failure like it's about things ending well and it's about Taking what was brilliant from the past and grafting it onto the future, and using every experience to ground deeper into my own values and man, there's probably not one person in this world that's taught me more about myself than my dad, yeah, not because he was this wisdom keeper that came and like encouraged me, but yeah. <laughs> because he fucked me up at times, <laughs> thanks pretty <Brady. laughs> um. A- with, and, yeah, it's yeah. become my biggest portal into my magnificence.
1: What an amazing, amazing question that could lead you and I down a rabbit hole. Oh, so could. We, we could do this whole <laughs> podcast just around that. <laughs>
0: we could. Well, maybe we need to do another one
1: well, about actually,
0: fathers. <laughs>
1: actually, actually, we do. Maybe yeah. we do because, like, it's... Like yeah, the the core wounds that we bring with us
0: yeah, absolutely
1: are, are definitely like you said they're the the portals into our magnificence and we don't yeah. even realize that when we start
0: yeah totally mm, we don't well, my, you know my next question for you feeds into this
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah you know was there a time and you already alluded to this in your introduction question was there a time we di- when you didn't have self love what was that like and and what was there something that brought you out of that or initiated you out of that? Um, whatever you want to share around that question.
1: I've got two major, major times in my life. Um, one that I'm, I'm just going through recently. Um, and that's definitely all relationship wise. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely leading from the question that we've just ex- discussed as well. Um, But then I've also got one back in 2016, and I think that I'll go with that one this time and save the other one for another potty. Okay. Um, 2016 was when I really developed, like I have had chronic illness since I was 13, Mm -hmm. but it was when I really developed chronic illness. And between 2016 and 2018, I went through, you know, multiple operations, multiple injuries, and really severe stuff where it was, you know, life or death, um, particularly with the one that I, the operation that I had with my sinuses and then we st- I started bleeding and they couldn't stop it and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So it was pretty horrific. So I had major pain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: went and saw pain specialists and everything like that and um, I just, I felt so lost. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I lost me. I felt like I lost my life. I felt like I lost everything. And it was, I just went down that rabbit hole where I overabused painkillers. Mm. I was looking for anything that would help me through it and mm. really lost sight of what was good for my body. Yeah. Um, what was good for my soul. I was in survival mode and I didn't even realize that survival mode is so destructive. It, it can be so destructive so in 2018 after like four or five operations and hubby going through four or five operations as well we were really really spiraling really badly and i know you've heard this you you know this story Haley. Yeah. um and we were coming home from the doctors and as we were getting ready to turn into our driveway we were involved in a close a, a full-on car accident and I can remember actually I can't remember whether it was a week before or a couple of nights before I'd actually had this dream because I I have dreams that come true Mm -hmm. and in this dream um I lived through this car accident it was just like it was the day that it happened Mm -hmm. and even down to my hubby turning around and looking at me and says uh, as as another vehicle hit us, Christ Debbie, what have you done? And down to those words in my dream and the day that this happened, it unfolded exactly, there was nothing that wasn't exactly like it. Mm-hmm. It was just the most phenomenal thing I've ever, in, ever been through. So I think the combination of having that dream and seeing that and then actually going through the whole car accident and having it because I knew what was coming next. But I, when, so we were hit behind by a car which pushed us around in front of a truck and the truck collided with um, the passenger side of the the vehicle. And as that truck came in, Daryl said, Christ Debbie, what have you done? Um, and I've immediately thought I'm never going to see him again. This is it. He's done. I might get out of this, but he won't. Now that's an awful thing to have to mm-hmm. live through. Yeah. And it still brings up emotions today. But at that very moment it gave me the biggest gift. It gave me the gift of realising shit, we're still here. Something has to change.
0: Yeah.
1: And so consequently we went, you know, got through to the ambulance, everything and, and we were battled, battled and bruised, and I just I still don't know how how we survived And you know god was on our side that day we we were so fortunate everybody says you're so unfortunate you know you're so unlucky but in my eyes i never ever saw it like that mm. i always thought shit what a gift mm. what an absolute gift and i can remember when we got home from the hospital because the kids all came home and everything because it was you know i didn't know i didn't know how bad i was hurt i didn't think daryl was actually hurt as bad as what i was mm. but i was hurt pretty bad I ended up with a cracked sternum and I, my breast was so bruised that I thought that I would lose them and at that time I was wearing an underwire bra I didn't know whether I actually had a breast left because my left breast just felt like it had been ripped completely off my body mm-hmm. but it was all the bruising from that underwire bra that the actual seat belt had done so we you know I'm, I'm sitting there thinking Christ you know what what am I going to find and I wasn't going to look I wasn't going to look. There's no Mm. way in the world, no way in the hell I was going to look because while I didn't see it, I could cope. Mm. And then we got home that night and after it being all bruising and just feeling like my body had been ripped apart and seeing all the bruising on Daryl, we sat in bed and we never actually slept that night.
0: Mm.
1: It opened up the communication between Daryl and I like you wouldn't believe.
0: Mm.
1: And we talked and we talked and we talked. And the kids came into the room and they sat at the bottom of the bed and they talked. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. And we talked about everything that had happened, like everything for the last two years. Mm. It's just like this whole floodgates just opened. Mm. It was phenomenal. And I remember looking at Daryl and I said to him, you know what, the shit stops now. The drinking, the over-medicating, the negativity it stops now and i th- that was such a defining moment in my life mm-hmm. such a physical moment in my life it was just like the universe is going god debbie you're fucking this up what the fuck are you doing woman mm-hmm. and wham, here you are bring you back right into just trusting that the universe has got you back because you're still here you're still here and it was just yeah for me that's when my life really started to turn around it's actually when self-love started to come in yeah it's about that time I met you actually
0: yeah I was just thinking like you say 2018 (laughs) we, we met each other at the very beginning of 2021 And so, like, say, two and a half years later and the way you're describing yourself free this time, I don't know that,
1: Debbie. No, you don't.
0: You know? And, like, it's never, that's never anything I would even associate with who you are. I know this Debbie who is full of light and full of love and this motherly presence who wants the best for everyone, who is just so open and willing to go into her wounds and to sit with her pain and who is so excited by life. And Mm. that is the only Debbie I've ever known. Mm. And to know that she was birthed in that rock bottom moment. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's fucking poetic, Deb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's it's incredible because there was many times that I didn't want to be on this earth that I actually thought yeah. about suicide.
0: Mm.
1: Um, my family doesn't know that. Mm. But there's like I can't even, I, like it was the lowest of lows. Yeah. It was just the lowest of lows. I actually, and, and this is going to sound really weird, but I actually felt worse then than what I did when I lost loved ones Mm. I didn't want to be here Mm. I just wanted something to take me away and then when it didn't when when the opportunity was there and it didn't it's like well now you've got a choice haven't you yeah now you have to now you have to dig deep Mm. and it was between then and like I'd always dabbled in journaling but it was between then and that time that I met you that I really started digging Mm -hmm.
0: deep yeah,
1: and I started digging deep through journaling and just yeah Mm -hmm. and I just I just but you know the interesting thing about that too was and I've probably got this written some down somewhere else to answer in another question but I think I'll bring it in now Mm -hmm. is because when you start journaling and you still don't give yourself permission to be honest in that journal,
0: mm. you're
1: still not leaning into self love. Yeah. And it's not until you break that barrier of acceptance and doing it with gentleness and grace and ease, but breaking that down where you feel safe enough that you can actually write anything in that journal. Mm. And I will touch on it a bit later on because I know I've got it written there, but that's, that's huge. Mm. That, is, that is absolutely huge. Mm.
0: So,
1: yeah. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure I have another question for you, Chicks. I'm sick of crying and you probably are too. Well, we've
0: both started off with a bit of
1: tears. I mean, I love it. <laughs> Actually, um, well, we were talking to Lizzie and Megan the other day and we were all saying how easily our emotions can come in at the moment. Yeah, and even through conversations that I have with my family, and it can be can be the easiest non-emotional, um, you know, conversation. And the next minute I'm sitting there bursting out in tears and, <laughs> you know, my son Daniel is looking at me and says, Mum, what's wrong? Why are you so upset? And I said, I'm actually not upset.
0: Breakthrough.
1: <laughs> I, said, I don't know, Daniel. It's just... We, we i say to him we've been talking about this and it's just something that flows through all of us at the moment um and it's just i'm going with it and if it upsets you i'm sorry but you're going to have to. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be beautiful. Um, okay let me have a look here what are we only on question two aren't we, we yeah <laughs> okay, right um I think I'm actually going to skip that one at the moment. I might come back to it later. Um, what advice would you go back and tell the Haley of 2016? What would you tell her around self-love?
0: Oh, Haley in 2016, that was my lowest time.
1: Yours and mine. That's why I, I kind of knew that. That's why I thought that I'd ask yeah.
0: <laughs> Man. Oh. I mean, if if I could go and sit in a room with her, you know, i I don't think that I would be all like sappy and super like, oh, it's okay, and I wouldn't be like that. I think that my love to two thousand sixteen Haley would come in very uh like wisdom bomb way. I feel like that's what I really needed and it's what I was seeking. Yeah. Like I didn't need another person to just give me a hug. I, I needed someone to show me a way out because I yeah. felt like I was completely lost and I felt like I was buried in the sand. I needed, a, I needed someone to come and just like blow my mind open to seeing life in a completely different way. So I think that I would really just come in and deconstruct all of her views around worth identity um and who she thought that she had to be and i would i'd come in and i would just be like oh, all of these things that i found to be the false places where i had placed my identity the things that were killing me inside in 2016 were things that <laughs> worth and love and all of them never lived there in the first place. And I would really come in and show that to her. Um, I feel like that was the, that would have been the deepest form of love I could receive then was the light shining on the places that were the things keeping me stuck. I thought that I was stuck because I couldn't get back to those things, but it was actually the fact that I thought it was those things that was keeping me stuck. So, yeah, it would just have been a huge deconstruction. I would come in like freaking, oh, my god, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's like my genius to come in and talk to someone when when they're stuck and to be like, this is where you are, this is where you want to go, and this is what's in between. And I would just be like this giant lantern. And I think the other thing that I would do for her is um, I'd make her laugh. You know, I'd make her laugh and i'd remind her of her light-hearted nature which is going to carry her through this you know i found that in the end but um i would just remind myself of that and and i'd let myself know all of the gifts that were going to come through this you know and yes. i think that's the biggest I think that's the biggest gift of the gene keys because when a person's in this really low time, they already see from the beginning what the gift is through the gene keys and so they know what they're moving towards. At that time I just knew I was in the shit and that surely it would have to get better. So I started walking but I could have come in and been like, well, this is what, this is what you're unlocking in yourself and I would have gotten really excited really fast and I would have had the language to To identify exactly what was going on, so I didn't have to spend the next five years trying to figure it all out on my own, which I did, which was amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it, mm, yeah, I wouldn't be giving her like quotes about self love, anything <laughs> like that. I would have just oh, wisdom bombed the shit out of her. <laughs>
1: I love that. I absolutely love that. That, that wisdom bombing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see, I see you do that actually with yeah. with people
0: now. Yeah, I would have treated her like I treat a one to one client.
1: Yep, yeah, I
0: see you do that. Yeah, because like I, I come in with my one to one clients with a very loving energy and almost a maternal like energy, um, but uh, not for a second is it like. Okay, we'll just dwell on your victimhood together.
1: Awesome. <laughs> no, you don't do that. <laughs>
0: no. I help you move forward. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Yes. It's,
1: um, it's a good experience. And I often think about this, Haley, from um, where both you and I have been and the wisdom that we have got out of that and just being able to share it with others, um, how incredibly incredible that is going to (laughs) just change the world and you don't realize by changing one person that it that it just filters like I keep in my mind I keep coming back and I keep thinking about my granddaughters Mm. um you know I truly my wish for life is to be around long enough that if they do fall into that that you know I can I can be there and be that wisdom bomb for them Um, Mm. because I know that I know the difference that that changes, you know. Mm. It's just, oh.
0: Absolutely. Once once you experience that trueness of self-love, once you experience that breakthrough and that transformation, you don't have a choice in that (laughs) coming out into the world. You actually don't have a choice. We think we do. (laughs) No, you don't. You don't. And it, it's just like, I remember day one of opening the journey home. Do you remember our kickoff live stream Zoom? Day one, the doors had opened. I did, I, I did this Zoom and yeah. I didn't have any notes, but that's what the analogy that came to me that I shared with the women was about the overflow. You know, this whole idea of filling our cup. And I was like, we've got it wrong. It's not fill your cup up so that then you can pour your cup back out and fill it back up again and pour it back out. It's about Always having your cup full and that everybody else is blessed with the overflow and that you're walking around in life just splashing, shit is splashing out of your cup and hitting people in the face without you even knowing that it is. Because your cup's overflowing and and you leave a trail everywhere that you go, not because you're like getting the water and throwing it out of your cup. You don't have a choice. No, you that, don't. that cup is... It's wetting people. (laughs) You know. Some people get saturated.
1: (laughs) Oh, they do a little bit more than they want sometimes. (laughs) Um, I can remember that vividly, actually, and I can remember that being one of the things and I listened to to you talk that day and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so in the right place. I am so in the right place because my heart just felt like it was It was starting to fill up, but I used to feel like I was emptying out and I'd have to restart all over again. Yeah, yeah. And And I don't feel like that now.
0: Yeah. And so many of the women who have been there since day dot, which there is still so many that are still there from that original first day, like over 18 months ago, they still bring that up. They'll be like, oh, yeah, like that, the overflowing cup. And I'm
1: like, yeah, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. overflowing cup, that's probably the biggest lesson I think I've learned.
0: Yeah. Well, here's my next question. What practices do you do in your life to make sure that your cup remains full? And what practices or perspectives or things that you actively do in your day-to-day, what supports you in having an overflowing cup?
1: Gen keys number one. <laughs> I'm not even going to deny that.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm, um, mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: I, I know that if I hadn't have... I hadn't have you know met you and I hadn't have been introduced to the Gene Keys. I actually I, I would have been in a good place, but I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold that forgiveness in my heart, that open heartedness. I can remember mm-hmm. when you first started, uh, this is probably not even right. Anyway, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with it because that open heart that open heartedness is the thing I actually didn't understand that when you first started talking about it. Mm. That open-heartedness now I so 100% get it. Mm. Um, That open-heartedness has let me be honest with myself. Mm. It has allowed me to, I don't know, um, know that I'm worthy. Mm. Mm. I, I think it does come back to all of that. I think that's probably one of the things that I actually nurture the most now. Mm. Yeah. Um, is just, I think it's yeah. It didn't. It wasn't like that to start with. Like I used to use when I first started. I used to use affirmations. I actually, still have one up on the wall here, mm. um, and I don't often use them anymore mm. because if I if I do if I do use an affirmation now. It just automatically runs through my head. It's like a question and I just answer it all the time. Mm. But one of the affirmations that I use is this is my time and I'm ready for the next step. How can I do that with an open heart? Oh, wow. And I think that round about in 2019 I started using that affirmation but I didn't have an open heart on it. Mm. I had, this is my time and I'm ready for the next step. And that got me through until mm. I was ready to open my heart up with it. Um, journaling has been massive.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm a writer.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: uh, I didn't really realise that I was a writer when I was a kid. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely a writer. And being, a, like I was saying before, being able to be honest on that piece of paper. Yeah. Um, like... I'll give you an example like last year um it was really hard because daniel went away Mm -hmm. um like i'm the i'm the fluffy duck i'm the mother hen it's like god don't let one of my one of my chicks just stray away you know I, i need to hold on to them i need to hold on to them really tightly so i felt quite um challenged with that whole situation i allowed myself to go into one of my journals and one of my journals has got written all over about three or four pages and it's in big and bold. Fuck you, Daniel.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was such a release to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, just massive. So journaling is definitely one of them. Um, I really take self-care and self-love go hand in hand for me mm-hmm. with my chronic illness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, making sure that I don't get too exhausted, um, moving my body and allowing the grace mm. of when i can't yeah that's okay yeah. and then that leads into self-love again yeah you know that and just being okay with that
0: instead of it I being a spiral yeah. yeah
1: yeah it used to be a spiral um and you know what that's led into oh my god this this last last couple of months has just been phenomenal it has led into me Like, I've always had body image issues because I've been a bigger girl. Um, But it's led into me loving myself right where I am,
0: Mm.
1: right how my beautiful body is. Mm. Like, she's birthed two children. Mm. She's had a hysterectomy. She's been through menopause. You know, she's supported me in ways that I didn't ever think that she would. And she's done it through some of the worst treatment that I could have ever given her. Mm. you know she's she's fucking phenomenal Mm. you know if I could go and tell the young women these days to just really nourish their body and love her just like you would love somebody else Mm. wouldn't that be (laughs) life-changing wouldn't that be absolutely life-changing um it yeah it helps I think that doing all that really helps me get perspective yeah perspective on life yeah. Um, you know what else it does? Is when you start to get these practices under your belt, it gives you the confidence to be able to move into the hardest shit in your life.
0: Mm. Core stability, right? Self trust.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, that core stability is just when you build that and it blows your head away, doesn't it? Because it's yeah. just, it's <laughs> like, oh fuck, bring on the world yeah it's like you you have this ability then to be able to face shit that you didn't think that you'd ever face, yeah
0: you just know uh, you're gonna be okay
1: yeah and, and it is it says it's like when you have all those practices in place, it's like you just know like you and I'm gonna say it again, like you said it's not that ninety nine percent it's that you hundred percent know
0: there is no hundred percent in on your own
1: life you 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 just No, no matter what shit happens, you just know life's got you. Yeah. You've got you. Yeah. And it's okay.
0: And you're going to transform even more because then you you come to trust that each challenge you come up against, if you face it with an open heart, all it does is reveal new (laughs) levels of love to you. And so then you can start to relish in the challenge because you're like, well, (laughs) here comes my next initiation into more of who I am, into more of my magic. And also,
1: mm. when this might not even be on this question but I'm going to go with it because I think that it's really important to be said when you are in a challenging situation and you always say to go in with open heart if you can't find the love in your own heart at that time somebody else in that situation will be demonstrating love there will be a demonstration of love between two different people mm. there will be um, I know for me it was watching the the um, situation I've just gone through was tapping into the love that my mother had for my sibling my sister and being able to tap into that mm. and allowing that love then to filter through you where you don't hold love
0: yeah,
1: and allowing it to grow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden love starts to just flicker a little tiny bit, you know, just the tiniest little bit. Mm. And by keep nurturing it and blowing on it and and all of a sudden you've got a bloody flame.
0: Yeah, wow. I love that too.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it's, like I know, it might not have anything to do with this question, but I really think it's important.
0: Totally does. When you can't find the love within yourself, go hunting for it elsewhere because it's everywhere.
1: Yeah, you'll it, find it, it is, somewhere. It is, and and for me, that was a very practical way. Yeah, a very simple, practical way. Yeah, that I was able to find that love. Mm. And I know that when I started reconciling with my sister whole different story but when you hold that love for yourself and you recognize it in other people it just somehow goes out into the universe and all of a sudden you find that people are opening their heart
0: mm.
1: and they're coming to you with love
0: mm.
1: instead of what you would have thought they would have done yeah and that is life-changing mm. that that is life-changing and to be able to do that you definitely need to trust yeah you can't be one percent out you can't be half a percent out you have to be all in
0: yeah
1: wow you You just have to be all in and then that filters out to other people that you know have been hurt and everything along the way and then you start to impact on the way that they look at it Mm -hmm. on on their relationships and And that's the stage I'm in at the moment. So all of these practices that I've put in place over the years, you know, this really digging deep, this journaling, this meditating, this being honest, this getting out of my own bloody way, um, this tuning into being around women that are just, oh, my God, they they understand. Mm. They don't judge. They, they hold you. When you're in a place like that, and it does not have to be family because family can be the hardest part to be in. When you find that, like we have in the journey home, mm. you find that, that's where change can happen.
0: Yeah. Mm. Beautiful, Deb.
1: I don't know whether I answered your question. You not,
0: totally but. did. And I think the thing that's standing out to me most about what you're saying is it's all well and good to have these big, Ideas and epiphanies and awakenings and understandings of love. But you need to ground them in with practical ways that you can start walking your talk in your life. And so we can't underestimate the practices, but then we also can't underestimate the knowing and the bigger understanding of love, right? And that's where I think, like right from the beginning, how you're like, these fucking gene keys. (laughs) Because they give you the understanding of the bigger picture, but they also give you a way to be practical and bring it into the form. And we need both because if we're just doing practices, Mm -hmm. it becomes mundane and it can lose purpose and we're just doing it for the sake of doing it and we become closed-minded. Or if we're just in the ideas and you're not doing the practices, you're never going to bring it into the form. Like we need both. We need to oh, be building our understanding yes. and building our tool belt of practices.
1: And we see, we we see a lot of that where we're given, like, um, we're giving, you know, the experience of what we can do, but then to be able to convert that into practical, and that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, that's going to look for different for everybody. And I think that on this journey, that's really ultimately you need you need to be able to combine both Mm. but you know the practices the routines the the self-love and all that comes first Mm. and then that it's like you said it builds a core stability and when when you have those things in place well then yes things practicality things just for me practicality things just seem to click
0: yeah yeah and they have more purpose yeah, you does. know, anyone can go and start journaling, but how many people start journaling and they go, "I don't know what to write." I feel like I'm going round and round in circles. It's because their practice lacks purpose,
1: mm.
0: right? Or like even if we're okay, I'm going to go to the gym, but that can be done in self-loathing, and it can lack purpose, right? And so it's yeah, it's about um, practices that are grounded and birthed from love.
1: Mm exactly exactly i actually i meant to say that um when i really started to love my body which is not that long ago you know it's not that long ago i I had a great role model my nan who always loved her body but then that's you still have that but then you know life gets in the way and you start beating yourself up but in the last Oh no, three or four months where I have really started to love my body and give her the grace of being the most amazing and magnificent thing that was ever, you know, birthed for me. Um, my whole perspective around exercise and eating and all of that has changed. Yeah. And it happened so subtly that I didn't yeah. even realise that it was changing.
0: The love came first. You didn't change the exercise and the food to love um, yourself. So no, it doesn't I- work that way. <laughs>
1: no i didn't and it was just like you know if i couldn't if my body was hurting so much um going to the gym because of my osteoarthritis i gave her a rest Mm. i really lent in and i really listened to what she needed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and The other thing that it's really changed and this one blows the food bit just blows my freaking mind every time because chocoholic oh my god chocoholic always had been a chocoholic my dad been chocolate like it was my biggest weakness in life had been my chocolate right and i was thinking just sitting there thinking the other day you know what do i feel like eating and the first thing that came into my head was oh my god i would really like a fruit salad now and I got so excited. <laughs> like I was as excited with that as what I had, yeah, probably even more than what I had have been with chocolate. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was just like amazing. And since then, since I've had that whole change, mm. my weight's changing, my mm. size is changing, my my self-love is more rooted, ground, grounded in me. I have mm. more faith. Mm. You know, it anyway, blows my mind. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for mind. sharing, Deb. That's okay, baby. Um, and there's my fluffy, dark baby. Yeah. Delicious, <laughs> baby. baby. Oh, no. Hey, um, oh, I've got, a, I've got, I had five questions written down here, but the first one I'm going to, leave um what are the top three things that you love about yourself the most and how do you nurture these oh oh, oh, oh. what a fun question
0: um oh I'd have to say the top thing I love about myself at the moment can change you know flavor of the day um I'm really loving my authentic self-expression um Just, yeah, I just love that I can show up and just fully be me, you know, with whatever language that comes out and whatever stupid dance moves that come out. um, That's number one. And I nourish that and nurture that by being very aware of catching myself when I'm filtering my self-expression. As soon as I ask myself, oh, but like, how could I say that in a way that people will like it? And then I go, well, fuck that. (laughs) I'm like, well, there you go again, love. Let's pull back on that one. How do you (laughs) want to bloody say it? You know, like I just ask myself, okay, like how do you want to say that, Haley?" And then I just go for it, you know. Um, and I also nurture that by not overplanning what I say. So that's like for these podcast episodes, I don't write notes. I don't know questions ahead of time so that I can just show up and be bully me. When I record a reel for Instagram, I do not write any notes. I click record and I just, I trust whatever wants to come in that moment. So that's number one. Oh two at the moment so it was the things I love about myself did you say yeah.
1: okay, three things you love about yourself the, okay
0: the the second thing that I'm really loving about myself at the moment is my ability to be stress-free amongst change um I'm moving countries in three weeks today <laughs> 21 days and I'm off um And I'm not stressed. I've been sad. Like I've had some some real sad emotions and I shared some of those with you the other day when I was bloody crying on one of our Zoom calls. (laughs) But not stressed. I'm not stressed because I just trust that I'm going to be okay. And it was the same when I moved here three years ago and I'd already been through a lot of my awakening and I'd found my home within, but... Nowhere near as much as what I am now. But even then, when I was moving, coming to this new place, leaving my family behind after thirty years of living in the same place, and I was I wasn't stressed then either. I love that about myself, mm. and I I nourish that and I nurture that by putting in the fucking work, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and grounding into trusting the tugs of my heart because as long as the changes come about, because my heart pulled me, I can trust him. You know, as long as it feels, it's like, all right, yes, this is the thing. And even though there's so much sadness that's going with this move, a lot more sadness than when I moved here. I was more excited when I moved here because it was a new adventure. Whereas this time I'm going back and I'm leaving behind like my best friend and the most beautiful surroundings and nature that I've ever been in, in my life. And, um, so just really being honest with myself about how I'm feeling and, and working through those feelings and, looking at all of the reasons why I'm safe. And if I'm feeling, I feel myself getting a bit fluttery about it, just catching that straight away and grounding myself back in, not letting things get away from me in that way and letting myself spiral, but just loving myself through it, trusting myself through it. So I really love that about myself and it's very prominent at the moment. People keep asking me like for the last, I don't know, at least month, every time I see someone, they're like, oh, Oh, the move so soon? I'm like, oh yeah. They're like, oh, you must be getting stressed, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> or oh, they're like, oh, you you must have like so much to do and like so much to think about. I'm like, oh, haven't really thought about it to be honest. <laughs> <You don't laughs> like, I'm just like, why, why think about that? It doesn't change anything. Mm. Like if if something's not going to change something. Well, I just, why well, think about it? I just let it go. So, yes, that's another thing. And then the third thing, oh, my gosh, I love so many things about myself. How do I choose? not?
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, uh,
0: oh, I, I, I love how passionate and enthusiastic I am oh, yeah. <laughs> about the things that that I'm like, yeah, that's my thing. Like the gene keys, I am like sickeningly enthusiastic. <laughs> like, it's sickening how much I love it. It's, it's concerning how much I love Richard Rudd.
1: Like, <laughs> it's actually. I don't, it's, I don't think it's concerning at all, Hayley.
0: It's so funny. It's. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Like that time that I got to meet him on Zoom and like I chatted with him and he said that he was looking forward to meeting me. I like cried for days. <laughs> 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 and I like I was like shaking on the inside for like three hours after
1: How <laughs> oh amazing.
0: Um I just when I love something and this is this is something I've reclaimed for myself. Now, because I lost it. I used to be this way when I was a young kid. Like people would be like, oh, my God, like this chick is just (laughs) like if I loved something, I was just so fucking all in and so excited and will inspire anyone in something that I'm on board with. But I lost that in my later primary school years and then I lost it in my high school years with people like making fun of me for being enthusiastic about something and i started filtering my own likes through through the lens of will people like me if i like that and i lost my way and so it's like i've reignited that childlike excitement mm-hmm. and um just allowing myself to be enthusiastic because we do have to allow it mm-hmm. as adults We come up against this enthusiasm and then like our teenageness is like, oh no, too embarrassing to, to to be enthusiastic. What will people think? Oh, I just, that is not even in my vocabulary anymore. I'm just so deeply in passionate and love it and embrace it. And I, I nourish and nurture that in myself by just recognizing the beauty of that in, in me. And, and catching whenever like past little patterns try and come in to say otherwise. And just, I'm safe to love the things that I love. Like, I'm just so safe, you know, like my sickening love for Richard Rudd in the past. It would have been like, Haley, you're such a loser. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Now I don't give a shit. He's on my fishing board. Like he's on my altar. I, and it's not, that he's like a God and I praise him, but he means so much to me. Yes. And instead of allowing myself to be embarrassed by that, I'm just going to fucking own it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to own it because that. it's true. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I'm just, I'm enthusiastic as fuck. You are. Um, and I just love the things that I love. And I'm not afraid to spend time on them, thinking that it's a waste of time or am I putting too much time into this? Meh. If 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 I want to sit and, and do that, I'll sit and do that. That's like the last three days. I've done three 1,000-piece puzzles in the last three days <laughs> because I fucking love puzzles. And, yeah, there's other stuff I could be doing. And I'm moving country in three weeks and... I haven't even thought about anything. I, I don't know what I'm taking with me. I, who cares? I'm going to spend three days doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I allow myself to do that. I could be writing marketing materials and emails and getting all over serious with my business. But I believe that if I'm drawn to, to sit with a puzzle, because I love them so much, that that's exactly what I need to be doing right now. And that's going to bless the work that comes after. Cause I'm clearly wanting to fill up on something that I really enjoy. And I just trust, I trust that my amazing ideas will come in their own time. I don't have to force them. All I need to do is be present in the things I love because those are the things that bring me the inspiration instead of trying to find it, you know, just be me. And, and that's like, I, I know this is probably like a fourth thing, but it sort of weaves in. I love that when I notice that I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or I'm noticing like okay, Haley, you're carrying a bit of pressure there you you're getting a bit like yeah you're getting a bit pressurized in in your business, I just ask myself like okay, like remember you love all of these other things that have nothing to do with your business, like do some things that are just Haley things because you love being yourself, and that's where I do the puzzles, or I go to the movies on my own, or I go for a big long walk with the dogs and then have breakfast at a cafe, like and do it for no other reason. Then I just love to do that, and it's important to be Haley. Yep, yeah,
1: love a lovely that, question, Deb. Well, I thought it would be a very interesting question that one because, um, we all hear about a lot about our you know the other person that you're interviewing, but we don't always get down to those things about you, and I like that. I like oh, to know like that. And, you know, everything that you've explained there comes out in your videos that you're doing with the Gene keys at the moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am having the time of my fucking life doing those videos, and that's the perfect example of these things that I love about myself and leaning into them more. Yeah. And recognizing like how I was trying to over-polish my content, and I was trying to like deliver it in a way that made people feel comfortable. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here to do.
1: Do you know what, Hayley, When you when you think about that from my perspective, the other when you polish it too much, that makes me feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you like, that's not my little
1: baby duck. Well, what the- <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Where's, where's, where's
0: my little enthusiastic girl gone? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crazy how much you refine that expression as you go as well. Like I thought that that last year I was in that authentic expression. And then just this last week I've been redoing my sales page for my one-to-one and um, there's a video in there about me talking about the gene keys. And I was like, okay, do I want to keep this video um what's the vibe and so I click play just to watch it and I was like you basic bitch like (laughs) I was like who are you but at that time I remember being so proud of that video I was working with Beck at that time and I sent it to us like Beck check out this video like I'm so proud of it and now I watch it and I'm like oh girl you're holding back your expression but I think that I'll look back a year's time from now and think the same again
1: I think you will too. You know mm-hmm. one of the mo one of the most interesting comments and you weren't even, you know, aware of this before. You might might be, I don't know. I can't remember whether I've told you or not. Um, when Daniel, when I first introduced him to the Jenkeets. <laughs>
0: Didn't and- you say this chick's crazy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't crazy. He said, Mum, he said, and it, well, it was crazy, but he said, that's some crazy bitch right there, but I love her. <laughs> and it just spoke. It just spoke. It's like it's like you attract your authentic people mm-hmm. through through being authentically you. And it was yes. just the most amazing thing. And I thought, my God, this, this kid has got, you know, empathy as his top number one. Like mm-hmm. he's so, he's just so there. And he's gone, mum? She a crazy bitch," she said. But we gonna party, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. And you know what? A result of being that in my life means that my friendships
1: yeah.
0: and the people in my life, whether they be my face-to-face friendships like Julie, or yeah. my online friendships like you and Randy, and Megan, and Lizzie and Lizzie, they are so rich yes. because you love me for exactly who I am.
1: Exactly. And that's the difference.
0: And I have attracted you because you love me for exactly who I am. And so it allows the relationship to just be like, oh, my God, it feels so damn good. I know. Like, <laughs> huh, outside of just – you know, my internal world of of how I deal with my emotions and stuff. The best thing in my life is my relationships.
1: 100%.
0: But I'm not happy because I have good relationships. I have good relationships because I'm happy.
1: Yes. Yes, 100%. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I'm so excited. This is the one thing I am excited about moving back to Australia for is I get to bring so much more depth to my relationships there you know i've got mm-hmm. some incredible lifelong friends back there who i've been friends with since i was like 4 one of my best friends we went to kindy together um so i'm excited to bring that to those relationships but even more so to my family and I'm still you know like
1: i can see a hell of a lot of reflection happening <laughs> I'm like, yeah geez,
0: i'm ex- i'm excited to um just see how that will enhance my relationships with my sisters, with my mum, just with my family, and oh. just watch that flourish.
1: Just, yeah. You are, are going to be on a wild ride. Baby. It's going to be an
0: adventure, <laughs> and that's another reason why I'm not stressed because I'm like, well,
1: be, whatever so
0: happens, hard. it's going to be fun, yes. you know?
1: And everything, everything's meant to happen for a reason. Hey?
0: Yeah. I've gotten two in my comfort zone here in New Zealand much too much in my comfort zone. Everything that I do is within 10 minutes. I had like I just have my little routine. It's utter bliss. I love it. But man, way too fucking comfortable. I need to I need to change some shit up. And I mean, even just the weather change will be uncomfortable. 2 days ago where my sister lives, where we're going to be living in our caravan. It was 47 degrees 2 days ago. Like that is f- Bucked up. Yeah, I
1: need
0: a I need a bit of that in my life just to remind me not to be such a comfortable basic bitch, you know?
1: <laughs> no, I really do.
0: <laughs> All right, do I got my last question for you. Damn, yeah, don't know. It's my fourth question. Yes, it is, it is. It is. Um, what what do you want people to know about self love? Like what like what piece of advice or what things do you just like mm, I wish people knew that.
1: Mm, it's a good one, isn't it? I wish people knew from an early age mm. how important self love was. Yeah. Yeah, and how important that it's the one thing that will carry you through your life. Mm. Um, and it's it's like you were saying we as small children have it and then with society and upbringing and everything else we tend to you know unless we have an extremely extraordinary childhood we tend to lose a bit of that but we lose it through school systems and and society and everything else like that as well Mm. um and it's then, you, then, you, then of course, you go through puberty and you start then questioning your own body and everything yeah. else that goes with it. I mean, the whole hell, there's another whole story, isn't it? <laughs> um, and I think that if we had someone there to help guide us through when we come out of that, when, you know, between those ages of, I don't know, 16, 25, something like that, if we had somebody there to guide us through on those particular ages about, why self-love is important what practical steps we can take to you know do self-love and to also know why when you don't practice it how destructive it can be
0: yeah
1: um i think that that's what i my biggest my biggest thing that i just want people to know is oh my god it's it can be hard it it can be it can be the most challenging thing you ever do
0: Mm.
1: but when you when you finally start having those breakthroughs with self-love it is the most number one worthwhile thing that you will ever do in your life it's what you were meant to do it's what what god brought you here to do yeah and, yeah. and until you know on your journey you, you might not even understand that but until you know until you start having some breakthroughs and then all of a sudden it's like well holy fuck, <laughs> there it is yeah. <laughs> you no know, it's yeah. just it's that important it's 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 the thing that will actually make you live a happy life.
0: Yeah.
1: You don't have a choice when, yeah. you, when you when you break through that barrier of knowing what self-love is, you know, getting rid of the airy fairy shit that comes with it. Ugh. Nuts. And and you see what on Instagram and social media, and it's like, well, this is what is expected of self-love and self and self-love is self-care and all this stuff. And and I'm Ugh. All of these, like,
0: get ready with me, like, morning routine videos and people, like, get out a gratitude journal but then go on to do everything in their day that you can tell is rooted in self-loathing.
1: Oh, my God, that does be <laughs> freaking nuts. It really does. I mean, like, I have the morning routine where I'm rooted in my journaling. I, I've i got a beautiful gratitude journal. But it's not like that for me now. Like, mm. yes, it was. Mm. It was when I first started but it's not now. Mm. You know totally. so, yeah, yeah. I don't. and yeah. and if and if they need some if they need some love, if they need some some of direction, if they need some help, come to the journey home because that is where the gold is, I know we always talk about finding that golden nugget that magic within yeah. all of that is actually within us, yeah, and I never got that until just in the last twelve months,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I do. My my life's work gift is orientation, it is. which is finding the way home.
1: It definitely is, and it's like holy shit that um for me that's 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 what I'd like everybody to take away from it. Yeah.
0: And I love how you said like your self love is what carries you through life. And I don't know if it's been released yet or not, but in the month of self love journaling journey. I I recorded it the other day, so I don't know if it's come out yet or if it's an upcoming day, but one of the quotes Lizzie chose was about, like, being on the edge of a cliff and you're looking over the edge, being like, should I jump? And you're looking for the net, waiting for the net to come out so you can jump, and then you realise that you are the net. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, you are the net. Stop looking for other things to catch you. You've got it. You You are the one. And that is how self-love carries you through your life. Um, so thank you, Deb. Beautiful advice.
1: Pretty, pretty amazing, isn't it? To be able to do that.
0: Um, We're up to our last
1: question, aren't we? I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Um, if you could relive one moment in your life, just one, where you felt so much love, what would it be?
0: Oh. oh.
1: <laughs> I've really made to stop and think with a couple of these today. Yeah, it's probably quite a few.
0: Well, obviously, like oh. there's those really big moments, right? Like when I got married, and like all of these things. And these are the things that life and movies try and tell you are the pinnacles of feeling love. Yeah. But I think that's bullshit. That's
1: I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent.
0: Like just instantly, I just think of like just these little moments where, like, I'm thinking of this one moment where Bevan and I were in the bus, the bus that we used to live in, and we would. I was sitting there on the couch, and it was early in the morning, and he can often get in these real larrikin moods in the morning, and we just laugh, and he was like playing um like the drums, but on the on the ceiling, and. We were just losing it and it's moments like that where I'm just so full of love. But I have those moments with him almost every day. I would say every day, usually multiple times a day. And there it's just one of those specs that I want to relive. Not the grand things, just those specs. You know? Or the other thing that came to mind was like me sitting at the Fungaday. Uh, cinema, which is like the local um, the local town, just watching the Andre Rieu concert surrounded by like 90-year-old people. Like the lady next to me was like asleep five minutes in, <laughs> everyone was so old and I'm just sitting there and as soon as the music starts playing, the tears are just rolling down my face and I can just feel it in my bones and it's those moments for me where I'm just looking at the purity of life. And I have those moments every single day of my life. Me too. And mostly it's with my man. Um, But again, I don't think that I have those moments with Bevan just because I'm lucky and... Oh, I found myself a great man. Yeah, I found myself a great man. But I have those moments with him because I am open-hearted with him. I have not a single barrier up between me and and him. Not a single one. I don't have a, a single hang-up around my own self-love when it comes to my relationship with him, which means I am fully there. I am fully in it. So when his eyes do catch me across from the kitchen and and mine catch him like i am just like this radiant beacon of just open love that then and him too so we activate each other in that way and it's yeah like that's something that i've really come to own more of is that my marriage is so good Not just because I have a fantastic man, but because I am a fantastic wife, you know, because I think that looking in from the outside, it can be easy to be like, oh, yeah, well, it's all well and good for you to have a great marriage because you found yourself a great man. And I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) but I'm a fucking phenomenal wife (laughs) and I'm an amazing wife because of my self-love because the places where I wasn't being an amazing wife had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. The moments where I wasn't loving myself are the moments where I would say something or have a reaction or be close-hearted. And because I have just peeled back so much of that, I am just this, I don't know, I mean, lucky bit, I mean, I always say lucky me, yeah. and so often, and I've said that a lot, and even, you know, there's been times where I've even thought, like, have I even done amazing things in my life? Have I even dug into things, or is it just Bevan? You know, and I've questioned that in myself. I've questioned, like, would I just be nothing without you? But then as I've asked those questions, I've got to reveal the answers, and I'm like, nah. I'm actually really amazing too. And that's what makes us such a brilliant couple because we're two individuals who love themselves, two individuals who really take care of their shit. You know, Bevan goes fishing and surfing and that is his spiritual practice. And he prioritizes that. And I would never be like, oh, you're going fishing again. I'm like, go, 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 Like, if you need to do it, you bloody do it. And we both so cleanly take care of our stuff so that we're not all entangled and meshed up in each other's shit. We're just like pure, just, oh, my That's God. Good. I love that man. But I'm not dependent on him. When I move to Australia, I'm going to be eight weeks without my baby. Yep. Of course, I'm going to miss him. And my heart will pan for him, <laughs> but I'll be okay. And it's I'm safe to be apart from him as much as I'm safe to be with him. Um, I've really taken your little question and I've just talked about myself.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I love that. And actually with what you've just said then reminds me of my granddaughter. Um, when she, when you that independence separately like Mm. i adore her and she adores me and the way that she um says goodbye to me is just so amazing she says love you miss you already and then she goes off and does what she's going to do and and that always leaves me feeling so full it's like i know that she loves me i know that she misses me but i know that she's okay by herself Yeah. You're saying exactly the
0: same thing, yeah. Yeah, what does it look like to miss someone and love them so much without being codependent on them? Definitely. Bliss is what it is. Like, ah, oh, like I spend so much time on my own, so much time on my own. Like, I'm so obsessed with my husband, but some days I only get to see him for like like those couple of hours right at the end of the evening or um, if he's gone fishing, (laughs) sometimes I see him, uh, you know, when he's down there cutting his fish up. I'm like, hey, Bev, all right, I'll see you when you come up. Like I don't actually get to see him that much, but it doesn't matter, you know, because I'm not making his presence mean anything about my worth, which means that it's just the most glorious thing
1: ever. I was thinking about this as you were talking and, talking and answering that question and you said it's the little moments and it is for me too. It's the little
0: moments.
1: It's, it's when I'm sitting across the table from, from Daryl yeah. and he gets this look on his face. And cheeky look. A little look and he holds his mouth a certain way.
0: Yeah.
1: His dad used to do exactly the same thing. And I used to adore his dad when his dad used to do it as well and I used to think, oh, my God, there's so much wisdom, there is so much happiness, there is just so much love there and he used to do that. Daryl does exactly the same thing and I look at him and I think, oh, my God, I adore you. Yeah.
0: You know, when we're caught up in our own shit and our own issues and looking for love externally, you miss those moments. Yeah. You don't see any of them.
1: And and these are moments, like you said, that happen every day. Every day. They happen every day. And and to me, that's the most, but I'm right there with you, honey. Oh, I'm yeah. right there with you.
0: Yeah. And then for those people who are single, those moments are happening every day through everything around you. You know, I have the same experience when I just look at a tree sometimes or like, You know, when there's a praying mantis like clinging onto the front of my car while I'm driving, like it's in that that you get to experience that too. And when you're experiencing that love in another, all you're actually experiencing is the love in yourself, you know, and this is what Megan said to me the other day. She was like, Haley, she goes, I think that your love for Richard Rudd is actually love and admiration for yourself and your own gifts.
1: That's right.
0: And it's the same with everything. Everything's just a mirror. Mm -hmm. And that love that I'm experiencing from Bevan is just me accessing the love in myself and letting myself love and be
1: loved. Have you ever had the experience, this overwhelming um, just urge you see a beautiful tree and you just have to go and hug it.
0: <laughs> oh, I, so this is my thing. I'm a leaf texture gal. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> so every tree I walk past, I'm not, I, I don't, sometimes I'll, I put my hands up against the tree. I'm not much of a tree hugger. Mm. I'm just a leaf toucher. As I'm walking through, I'm like, mm-mm. like, I'm always like, oh, that texture and that one. And I just want to rub the leaves on
1: myself. <laughs> like, I, love- I just love it. And the other thing about it is that, so we went away on a holiday with my granddaughter, and we seen these most amazing trees, and I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at all of the different textures and all the different colours, and they were just they were freaking magnificent. Mm. And I'm like Ellie, and she goes, "What? Look at that tree." She goes, uh-huh. I said, No, 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 nope, no, nope, no, nope. come back here. <laughs> come
0: look here. at it. <laughs>
1: look at that tree. Because she was gonna just walk past it. And I'm like, honey, look at it. I said, What do you see? She said, Look at the colours. I said, Yes, go and hug it. So she went and gave it a hug. My and my youngest son looked at me and says, What the fuck are you doing, old girl? Because <laughs> he's so like so. So, I'm not on the same wavelength is what I am. He's totally different, different mm-hmm. than what I am. And I'm going, I'm teaching your daughter to appreciate nature. Yes. <laughs> and, and I said,
0: Feel hey, a speck of love in every yes, single bit of it.
1: Yes. And I said, Have you looked at that tree, Brandon?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: my God. <laughs> it's actually, so mum, it's pretty magnificent, isn't it? I'm like, uh, two, for, two for one deal. Just,
0: there you yeah. go. There you go. That's my one piece of victimhood that I have just lingering around with my move back to Australia is I'm getting real down about like the difference in the terrain. Yeah. Um, especially I'm moving to Bullsbrook, which is like on the outskirts of, of like it's rural, semi-rural flat as fuck, just dry. Like I said, it was 47 degrees on, on Monday and like, yeah, here, I live in a green sanctuary all year round. I was shocked when I moved to New Zealand. There's no such thing as reticulation here. And there's no such thing as a sprinkler because no one ever has to water anything. And it's the middle of summer right now. And every bit of grass is green because obviously it rains enough here, but everything is so green. Like I pull up the driveway and just there's trees just everywhere there's mountains everywhere I look there's green everywhere I look and so I'm definitely in some victimhood around like oh woe is me I'm going back and there's not going to be any green but then what I've been writing about is here I really came to connect with Gaia here because I didn't really have a nature connection in my childhood and because I was always made to fear what was out there you know you're not safe. Like I'd want to even like walk along the edge of something. Oh no, what if you for? Like I just never felt safe. And so, but then as I was writing to Gaia, because I love, I love to just, you know, I channel write and I was writing to Gaia about it here. And it was like the Gaia that is here is the exact same Gaia who was there. She is the same Gaia expressing herself in a different way and so the connection I have here I get to have there so the connection with the green rolling hills is the same as the brown open plains like how and so I'm feeling challenged in like okay well how can you take your love of the nature here and find that there instead of being a victim to well it's not green and it's brown and so I can't like it like I can feel that in me and I'm like no like no, that will not do. And so I, yes, I'm, I'm going to be on a, eradicating the victimhood of brown nature.
1: <laughs> you know what, Hallie? I really get that. Um, back in October when it was really dry over here, um, my son and um, daughter-in-law got married, and it was, it was like there was no, no grass. It was all brown and everything. Yeah. And it wasn't until I seen the photos where they embraced yeah they bought all of creams and browns
0: yeah
1: that right into their whole theme for their wedding yeah and the beauty
0: beautiful isn't it
1: the beauty of those neutral colors yeah and i didn't realize so i'm actually always been a bit the same as you but it wasn't and that that actually happened I'm like,
0: holy fuck. That's so true. That's like you would have seen the pictures of my sister's wedding that I went over for last year and how I I officiated. That is her yard where I'm going to be living in our caravan. And it's the same thing. Like, it was beautiful. Like, with all the eucalyptus trees and all of the dry brown leaves on the ground and sticks and the... You know, and I mean, her her property is bloody surrounded in kangaroos and it, it's got its own, it's, own it's got its own beauty that I never, I never gave credit to before. And so I've got this beautiful opportunity to take my love of nature that I grew here and bring it back there yeah. Um which I think I'm doing that in, in all ways. I'm bringing the new love of myself and back there, my new love of life and back there, my new appreciation for people and bringing it back there. Like everything is going to be different. It's, um, it's going to be amazing. Oh, Deb, I've loved this conversation. I could keep talking, but I've got to leave the house in like 10 minutes. I know. I've I still got wet about... hair. <laughs> I was
1: actually
0: looking at that and I'm thinking, yep, we're going to cut a vine. <laughs> yeah, I've got wet hair. I've got no makeup on.
1: <laughs> You and know, I, when we get on a roll, we always cut it fine.
0: Oh, we do. We do. I mean, I've loved this conversation so much. It's had the lightheartedness. It's had the tears. It's had the depth. It's had, oh, I just love it. I love it so much. Um, And I can't I can't wait for our next episode together, but I just feel so lucky that I get to talk to you pretty much like every day. And even on a day, if I don't have anything with you, I can you're never more than a boxer away like you're always there
1: and that's exactly what it feels like it's like if they've got this exciting thing to do I'll just share it with Haley. if I've got this this thing that's really shit well I'll just share that with Haley. <laughs> yeah yeah so we awesome. we have
0: ourselves a very special special yeah. relationship
1: yeah. and thank you so much for having me on here um I I was a little bit concerned that some of the questions that I would ask would be the same. Um, if if they were, they certainly certainly got different results. That's they were sure. completely
0: different to anybody else's questions, mm-hmm. and I just trusted that too because I trust in each of your geniuses, and I know that they're so different because I know all of your genki profiles inside and out. So
1: <laughs> yes, you do, oh. and it was just yeah, it was it was actually very enlightening for me too. So thank you, honey. Oh, thanks, Deb. I
0: can't wait to listen to it back because I never remember. Oh. Uh, I'll
1: be there taking notes. Yeah. Listen, take notes about your own (laughs) potty wisdom. (laughs) And then I'll be be like, oh, I've got to send that link to Daniel. (laughs) Or
0: Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Daniel's going to have to come on the potty. We love you, Daniel. (laughs) Daniel
1: would be so good on the potty.
0: (laughs) Oh, so good. All right, my friend.
1: Thank you.
0: I love you. I will speak to you soon. And also, I forgot that we're literally talking to everybody that's listening to the podcast. We love (laughs) you guys too.
1: It happens all the
0: time. (laughs) I feel like it's just you and me having a Zoom. Um, Yes, we are actually recording a podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been an honor to share this time with you all. I feel like I'm losing my voice. (laughs) My voice has gone all like croaky. I don't know what's going on.
1: Have a drink of water. Yeah
0: she'll be right. bye Debbie. bye darling see
1: you soon
0: thank you so much for joining me today it is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears the tjh podcast is in her early days So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.